Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Naja E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience is that you hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website, at yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, Happy New Year. This is the, the beginning, the second day of 2024, and I am excited. I've got a guest in the studio today, but before we get started and, 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 and turn things over to him for his um, teaching moment, I'm going to read to you the promotional material to lay the foundation. So the title of the episode today is The Old Versus the New. And the short pitch, let me read the short pitch. Sometimes I read that and sometimes I don't. But the desire to sin should be dissipated through the sanctification process of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to hear more about that in just a moment. But the promotional material reads like this. As believers, our goal is Christ-likeness. The ministry of the Holy Spirit produces godliness in believers. The sanctification process conforms us to the image of Christ. In Christ Jesus, our transformation demonstrates spiritual maturity. Hence, the reason why we live to glorify God. Our focus is eternal, not having an appetite for the desires of this world. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, and this is the New King James Version, says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The old versus the new. So today I have a special guest, and we've heard from him before, Dr. Michael Lay. And he has uh, graced us before in the studio, has provided good good study material and good lessons. And uh, truth be told, it was two weeks ago that we attempted to do this very episode and we had technical difficulty through the Internet streaming um, host. So uh, today we're going to do it. We, we, we prayed about this and we're going to move forward. But let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Lay. He is known um, in the Hope for Today community, very well known. He has pinched it for me and has come uh, and shared his, his treasure and his talents on multiple occasions. We have heard and learned from him many times over the years. He's a modest man and lives for the Lord. His ministry is a husband and wife team that touches many, many lives. Dr. Lay is a servant, teacher, preacher, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And with that, Dr. Lay, welcome to Hope for Today and Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year to you, and thank you for that that, uh, generous introduction. We want to praise God for this (laughs) opportunity to share with you all today. And my hope in, in this lesson is that we would 
we would examine ourselves and and uh, uh, take on the responsibility of of working towards uh, godlikeness, Christlikeness. Uh, that sometimes Christians think that it's all up to the Lord for us to be uh, sanctified or separated from the world, but it's it's up to us and we're working hand in hand with the Lord. So we we don't we we have a responsibility and an ability as we'll we'll note in our lesson is suggested in our lesson written written to the church at churches at Colossae. Uh, Paul is our writer, and I want you to refer you to Colossians three verses 5 through 8, and it reads like this from the King James Version, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, cleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupience, and covetous, which is idolatry, for which uh, things sake the, the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. For the, for the for the which ye also walked sometimes when ye, ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. And our, our, the, uh, the thought I'm trying to get at is one is about separation and dedication. That's what sanctification mm-hmm. is, is about, is separation from the world, and the world system and all that it represents and dedication unto God. And we, we have to see that as a, as a responsibility that we have, uh, that we have, we have a responsibility to be Christ-like, that God, that Christ is looking for a church without a spot or a wrinkle. So we want to make sure we get all the wrinkles out and all, <laughs> and, and, uh, and we want to note that there, we don't have to have God to look, uh, you know he can look at us, but we need to examine ourselves just to see if how, how fit we are for the kingdom. So if we if we if we lack the days that go about looking at ourselves, uh, we're not going to probably get all the rough edges off with with God's help. There's going to be there's going to be uh, uh, some rough edges that are going to be left, even some sin that may be left in our lives that we that we need to eradicate through God's help. And our lesson is uh, we're dealing with sanctification. And sanctification at the point of conversion is, you know, immediate. Things fall off immediately. And, we, and by by accepting Christ into our life and, and, re, and repenting previous to our acceptance of Christ, we, you know, we are separating ourselves from, the, from sin and dedicating or committing ourselves onto Christ. And that's that's at the point of conversion, and then as 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 we go down the road of Christian development and maturity, we we uh, we we are engaged in, or should be engaged in prog- progressive uh, sanctification. We're working at different aspects of our lives to make to make them more spotless, uh, uh, more Christ-like daily. And this is what our lesson is is dealing with it, it, it in verse five it, it uh paul told us to mortify certain things there are about uh i think there was uh about five things that he wanted us to mortify and mortify if we look that up the meaning of that word as it appears in that particular verse that fifth verse of uh chapter three of colossians means to put to death so we need to put to death these uh 
those things that he enumerated, fornication, inordinate affection, uh, uncleanness, evil concubience, I think, the, and covetousness. And all, all five of these are, are, are dealing with uh, our sex kind of sin. And, and to put the de- that, that we need to know that all kinds of sections need to be put to death. We need to not have that as part of our, uh, uh, part of our, uh, of uh, part of our life. They need to be, they need to be mortified. They need, need not to be part of our life at all. And uh, let me just tell you what the meaning of some of these are. Fornication, that's all manners of unlawful sexual uh, relations. Uh, and that would be that would be all manner. And the only uh, sexual relations that are lawful is in 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 the um, in marriage. The, the Bible tells us the marriage bed is undefiled. Uh, so that's that's uh, that's all manner of fornication. Is uh, un, and let's see, is inordinate affection that has to do with unnatural unrestricted, uh, excessive, and out-of-bounds uh, passions and lusts. That might have to do with uh, some, some examples might be pornograph, pornographic kind of material or, or, uh, or uh, pornographic, child pornographic material especially. Uh, uncleanness, is, it says, is homosexuality. That and all forms of sexual perversion, such as homosexuality, lesbianism, bi, being bisexual, all of that is. And evil concupiscence is evil, wicked, and depraved uh, desires. Uh, that needs those all those all those and covetousness is the last one, and this uh, covetousness here is. Is you might see this in the in the church sometimes as as a, a new uh, maybe female or or male may come into the church and they may set their sights on some high ranking uh, for a female maybe the pastor or the head of the deacon board or 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 the board of directors they may set their sights on that person and that's the kind of kind of covetousness they were talking about for 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 a male it might be the same it might be setting their sights on the pastor or the head of the deaconess board or something of that nature. Or one of the, or, or if she's on the board of directors, he might be setting her, his sights on her. And so that's all of those, those five that we are to mortify. Those are all perversions. Those are all sexual in nature. And we need to have none of that going on in our church or in our lives. This uh, this pastor some years ago he he had a young uh, young choir and and they uh, they started experimenting uh, sexually so he disbanded the choir which was a bold move that he took and that's that's kind of moves that uh, church leaders need to take when things are going on that are out of order or sinful. Uh, Amen. Colossians, Amen. Colossians five eight tells us to put off some things. So these are some things, some more things that we need to put off is anger, wrath, malice, uh, blasphemy, filthy communication, and lying. And also the old man. 
The old man represents all types of sinful kind of of, uh, of behaviors and and characteristics that we associated with with uh, the old man. You know, the, our old our old life and it, it, as, as sinners. That's inclusive of all those kind of things. But uh, let me go over some of these that we're supposed to put off. Anger. Ephesians 4.26 tells us to be angry, but sin not. So sinning might be in the case of, of let's say, being angry and and sinning might be uh, somebody cuts you off, so you race, you race down the freeway uh, chasing them, and you catch you catch them uh, in the, you catch their eye, and you tell them God bless you. So that's 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 probably be, be lashing out, kind of angry, and being abusive, calling people names. Uh, so that would be some some kinds of anger that are that that would be sinful and, and wrath. It would be determined and lasting kind of anger. That might be vengefulness over time that you're going to get even with somebody, no matter how long it takes. Um, malice might be uh, maliciousness, wickedness, causing harm to, towards another without a cause or with a cause. Blasphemy would be disrespect towards God or something holy. You, uh, so you you know disrespect towards maybe showing disrespect towards the pastor or the church house, uh, you know calling the church leaders names or something like that. That might be might come in that category, and uh, filthy communication. That might be cursing and you know and and uh, telling uh, filthy jokes or dirty jokes as some people might call them, and and that kind of that kind of communication shouldn't be coming out of our mouth. And lying, lying is we all know a lot what lying is, but that that might be telling half truths, or as some people might say, I've just told a little white lie. I don't care what color you call it; it's still a lie. Uh, and even deception, you know, that maybe uh, falsifying uh, your income tax return or something of that nature, or falsifying some official document. That would be that would be inclusive of lying. And as I already indicated, putting off the old man, you know, your old life and lifestyle. You need to put all that stuff off. And by Paul, by by telling us to mortify these certain, these five things that I mentioned and these these other additional things that we're supposed to put off, that suggests to us we have control and power over these things and also it, it it suggests to us that we have a responsibility to be mindful of these things in our life and be actively uh trying to uh resolve these issues with these positively get resolving these issues getting these things out of our life and and so uh you know that we don't be running around telling lies and and having uh you know filthy communication uh I know I was I was out at the golf course one day and I I was playing with some folks and I didn't know of course I did, I I was unaware that they like to they like to cuss and uh, so but we don't want to if, if we run into that kind of a scenario we don't want to uh, uh, join in and 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 show them how how well we can uh, cuss too I think that's what that's kind of what 
in our society. I think people do use uh, the cussing and filthy communication to demonstrate some kind of uh, prowessness or some kind of, uh, 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 you know, some kind of position that that isn't needful, but they, they feel like the only way that they can uh, exalt themselves is by uh, throwing out some swear words. And uh, that's certainly not necessary. And then in uh, Colossians 3, 12 through 14, Paul tells, the, uh, tells, tells us to put on, put on certain things. He tells us to put on the new man, which is the new man is Christ-likeness, uh, at, for all believers, and then he also indicates vows of mercy, uh, kindness, humbleness, uh, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing, and forgiveness. So vows of mercies might be uh, showing affection, uh, demonstrating affection for no co- no cause at all, just just going up and be, giving people hugs or pats on the back or something of this nature. To, you know, to demonstrate to them your your uh, re- well regards for them. Kindness is love in action, and kindness can be shown to everybody. It doesn't have to be just in the church house. It could be at your house or at somebody else's house or at the at the supermarket or at the mall, uh, showing kindness. Uh, humbleness of of mind would be lowliness of mind not not exalting yourself up so everybody can know how how great you are just you know humbleness is we just you know we just do and do christ like things uh without you know getting a pat on the back we just we just go and like it would be in the case of the the church uh janitor they they go around cleaning when other people aren't there <clears throat> And uh, that would, you know, that would demonstrate a certain amount of humbleness in their actions and the way they do things. And that's how we should be as Christians. We should be uh, being humble in, in our actions and the way we do things. That meekness is love and hiding. Uh, meekness, being meek, would be, you know, not being high-minded or uh, exalting ourselves once again, but but uh, are not praying ourselves around. I think sometimes in the church too much, there's folks parade themselves around. Especially, especially if they got a mic in their hand, and I don't think I don't think that's uh, edifying Christ by that kind of behavior. I think Christ demonstrated that low, low and meek was the way, because he didn't. When he came into Jerusalem, he came in on a donkey on uh, that uh, Palm Sunday. And and when he went through when he when he went to judgment hall the judgment hall in his in his uh, crucifixion uh, trials that he he didn't he could he didn't he didn't complain or or uh, tell tell folks don't you know who you who I am he he just he just took it he just took it without complaining he took his his severe uh, beatings and. <laughs> Flogging, etc., without complaining. That's how we should be. You know, when people mistreat us, we don't have to, you know, yell at them or you know, tell them how they hurt us. We, you know, we just sometimes we just need to just need to take it and not complain about it. Long suffering. Long suffering is 
somebody might say, how long should I suffer a situation? And uh, I, I would say you suffer, uh, you suffer long, you endure all things. You, that's how, that's how long suffering is. It's, it's endurance over time. It's not, it's not endurance just for a day or a minute or a few minutes or something like that. It's endurance over time. And forbearing is uh, self-control. Uh, self-control. Uh, moderation and the indulgence of of the passions and appetites of others. So you're you're forbearing there there as they uh, as as they indulge. You you you're patient with folks. And forgiveness, uh, Matthew's eighteen thirty five. God has forgiven us, so we must forgive others. Uh, and so I wanted to share with you just a. Uh, 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 a few ingredients of divine love. Uh, divine love. That's this is, a, is something that we need to put on, you know. And God can help us to put on, but we have to be willing vessels. We have to be willing, to, and you know, and certainly trying to cultivate uh, these ingredients: patience, kindness, generosity, humility, uh, courtesy, uh, unselfishness. Good temper and righteousness. These are some ingredients of divine love. Those are some things that we need to put on and share with others. So, in conclusion, we we are to put off and mortify about twelve to fourteen things, as Paul has indicated in Colossians, and su- suggesting once again that we have a responsibility and an ability to develop ourselves in Christlikeness. And it's and in fact that's that is something that we need to be. It suggests to us that it's a that it's a, a real responsibility that we have is development of Christ likeness, and that's you know putting off and mortifying and putting on uh, these these characteristics that I discussed briefly here. Also, Paul tells us about seven things that I already indicated that we need to put on, and so we need to we need to put on those things that that are conducive to Christ likeness which I'll go over once again, is is the new man, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, uh, meekness, uh, long-suffering, forbearing, and forgiveness. And so I want to suggest these, I want to suggest these things to us for today for our consideration. And so I, I, that's, that's all I have for today. Uh, uh, Excellent. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. <clears throat> yeah, that was packed. You you packed that well. Uh, so you and I like the way you just presented it and said for us to consider. Actually, uh, we're commanded to do these things, and it's it's up to us, like you said in the beginning, to follow through with our responsibility. And uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit and what God has for us, we can be overcomers of some of these things that have plagued our life, you know, anger, wrath, and malice, and <clears throat> fornication, and evil desire, and covetousness, uh, which is all I- I- idolatry. So I have a question for you, and this, I, I like to think about what questions could be um, on the minds of some of our listening audience. We've, we mentioned the word sanctification, and sanctification is oftentimes presented as a process. But we have passages 
scripture, for instance, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we become a new creation, but our sanctification process can take time, and it could be over time. The, the newness of the new creation is, is instantaneous when we accept Christ uh, as, as our Lord and Savior. So we've been re- regenerated. Our spirit has been quickened, right? <clears throat> so we have gone from old to new, but it's that sanctification process that then commands us to do all these things in response to our newness in Christ. Do you want to touch on that a bit? Uh, yes. Uh, so it is a process. It's something that we we don't want to leave that up to you know leave that up to some some people want to leave everything up to God and we and, and mm-hmm. we need to we need to be active uh, participants in uh, the sanctification process. We want to be more Christ-like uh, tomorrow than we are today, and that and that mm-hmm. that can only take place as we as we allow the Holy Spirit to you know to uh, to work through us in, and as we allow uh, to be obedient to that, that process, as we, uh-huh. as we take on the responsibility of uh, looking at ourselves and, and, and noticing some things that need to change. You know, if we, we don't want to say, well, I, this is how I am, you know, and settle, settle for this is how I am. I want to be, I want to be greater than I am. I want to be more like Christ, not like myself. Uh, and so that's that's what I think is is what we need to uh, be uh, moving towards is being being uh, more Christ-like every day. I think I think the Bible indicates if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so uh-huh. so, so somebody somebody challenged that as a as who does that walks in the spirit 24 7 and maybe and and the and the the point of that is that's 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 what you should be trying to do daily not just just saying oh well i can't i can't walk in the spirit 24 7 i can only walk in the spirit uh while i'm at church no we need to walk in the spirit you know work on that as a as a daily routine is being Uh you know taking a because our steps are ordered by the Lord, so we need to walk in those ordered steps. Uh-huh. That's so, mm-hmm. so that you know that men, women, boys, and girls can see the manifestation of what Christ is doing in our life. If we're a new creature, uh-huh. we should act like it, right? Is that that's what I think? I think we should act like a new creature, yeah. and that that means we have to be intentional about our living, about our about our yeah. Christ-likeness living. Mm-hmm. So intentionality mm-hmm. is key. Yes, and discipline. I think disciplining ourselves to to Amen. live a surrendered life and a, a, a life that is yielding, because what gets in our way, you know, it sounds simple. We know it's not simple, but why isn't it simple? Simple. I think the, what gets in our way is that we uh, still try to live. Uh, with ourselves, our personal self on the throne as opposed to Christ being on the throne. And if we just yielded ourselves and allowed Christ to be the, you know, to be the king of our life on the throne 
and like you said, he's going to order our steps, then it would seem like it would probably be a lot easier. But what keeps us from being able to to experience that is ourselves, ourselves, you know, and then that that sinful nature. Uh, there's a there's a gentleman that both you and I know. He's really good with acrostics and. He has an acronym for all sorts of things, but I'll never forget when he introduced uh, an acronym for SIN, S-I-N, and uh, he, he, he said it this way, self-indulging nature. And we do indulge yeah. self. You know, when we get uh-huh. into all of the things that we're supposed to, um, you know, put to death, you know, uh, you know that, that, that's self-indulging, all those things, uh, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, and all the idolatrous things that enter into our life. Yeah, that's, that's good. One other question for you, or just a thought, maybe you can elaborate or unpack a little bit. You said something about the world system. Now, that's, that's, that's huge. That concept is huge. But how is the world system a danger to Christians? Uh, uh, let's say that we should probably, let's say an example might be uh, uh, maybe uh, a pursuit of a worldly kind of uh, desires might be like, let's say on the, on the, on the, at the workplace that, that uh-huh. you might want to be, you might want to seek uh, a position. And so, so by way, because that's the way of the world, is they always want to seek, uh, you know, exaltation, and they always want to be uh, the world kind of, kind of encourages to be exalted, you know, lifted up, and and so that at the work at the workplace you might do, you know, you might step on over anybody to get to that place that you want to get to. You might there might be tests that are involved to get to a. Uh, a supervisory position, and you might, uh, one might uh, uh, see what kind of, uh, how they can cheat the test. And so those are kind uh-huh. of, that would, be, that would be some ways that, that uh, we might be indulging in the, how the world uh, does things. Or, or another thing might be that you might notice is kind of a, uh, a, w- a way of the world might be wearing a tattoo. And, uh, uh-huh. uh, and so... And, and so that uh, the Bible teaches against that kind of, 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 of uh, you know, that kind of uh, defacing of ourselves. And uh, mm-hmm. but you might see Christians, you know, they might they might not have a big tattoo like you see at the supermarket, you know, where someone has a, a t- arm that's all tattooed up and down. But they might get a little cute, a uh, little cute uh, tattoo like on their ankle, maybe a little little daisy or something like that, or a rose, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. so that might that might be indulging ourselves in what the world does. We don't want to be like the world. We want to be different than the world. You know, we mm-hmm. want to we don't we don't want to have the same values that the world has, which is you know exaltation and money. Uh, I think the Bible tells us uh, that that uh, about seeking after money uh after uh for preachers after filthy lucre you know so doing uh-huh, things uh-huh. that that you might uh you might not be uh that by way of getting more money we might seek after that instead of seeking after uh, instead of uh 
seeking after Christ, you know, trying to be more uh-huh. Christ-like. And that, that has to do with position, that, uh, uh-huh. uh, you know, not seeking after position, but seeking seeking to be more the servant that Christ has called us to be, being separated uh-huh. out of that kind of, that kind of, uh, of way of doing things that are on our job instead of trying to be the supervisor, just be the best janitor that there is at the job or, or whatever position you have. That's when I, when I, I think when I caught that doing the best I could at my job, I think that was a, that was a big turning point for me in terms of my job and my job satisfaction is that, that uh-huh. God has gotten me my job. And so being the best at my job was, was being more Christ-like and, and people, Whatever your job is, you know, whatever it is, if you do it, if you do it onto Christ, I, that people respect that because they see that you're you're striving towards, as some people say, excellence. You're striving in that direction, and people can see that in in that what you do as a as a janitor or as a uh, McDonald's uh, uh, host, uh, whatever it might, uh-huh. whatever kind of lowly job that somebody might have. But if you do it onto Christ and do it as best you can onto Christ, that people will notice that and respect that, and uh, you know want to want to know how how you're so motivated to to do that that good a job day in and day out, and that's and that's see that's different than at the job the job on the on the job on the world people try to try to get ahead any way they can or and, and do as little work as they can on the job. People hide from uh-huh. where, there's, where there's work to be done. They hide from that. So, so I guess to be more Christ-like, you would look to do. How can I do more work and be more productive on my job? And, uh-huh. You know, and that kind of that would that would be that would be uh, more consistent with being more Christ-like. Is doing doing a good job wherever you are in the community. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, I like that. Be, I like. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, that's. Uh, that's that's all I wanted to say. I like the fact that uh, you said that we can strive for excellence or desire excellence. And that sometimes people equate that to perfection. No, we're not going to be perfect, but we can certainly strive to do the best that we can do with what we have in that moment, Amen. you know, <clears throat> because Amen. there's always that looking back and with hindsight and say, oh, I could have done it this way, I could have done this differently. But as long as we grow and we continue to strive, you know, striving means that that there's a goal to be reached. And excellence is is a good way to put it. Not perfection, but excellence. And a lot Uh of people do not show up. They do not show up with the aim or the goal to be excellent at whatever it is that they do. Yeah, that's great. That is great. So I want to go back to Romans 12 and 1, not, excuse me, 12, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I read it earlier with the promotional material, and that is, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and perfect or good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So that transformation and that renewing. So we're gonna we're in the world, you know. We're we're pilgrims. We're sojourners. We're the the world is not our home. We're just a passing Amen. through. But 
we 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 so we 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 can't we don't want to conform you know i asked what was the the danger for the christian regarding the world system and you gave a good explanation a good example to a practical example but the world system is 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 our enemy because it's not um ruled or under the jurisdiction of god the father sure he's sovereign and he's in control of all things but we know that the enemy is the the prince of this world. So the world system is going to do everything that's almost just the opposite of what God would call us to do or ask us to do, want or expect us to do as we allow him to mold and make and shape us so that we can become uh, more Christ-like and, uh, you know, and, and mimic and demonstrate the image of Christ. And so the world system just does not work on our behalf. It works against God, and it'll plant seeds. Sometimes those seeds can take root, you know, and then we're acting out and behaving in ways that are not godly. Uh, and and so and therein lies the, the issue for the Christians where we have to constantly repent and, and, and surrender and allow Christ to be on yeah. the throne. And 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 then another another topic too. One of the ways that you can tell that the world system is 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 promoting things that as the norm, uh, promoting things as um, this is this should be acceptable. And when you know, and one of one of those issues are the the you know the whole gender identity and uh, like you mentioned homosexuality and uh, lesbianism. You know, as the um, sexual immorality type behaviors that it Colossians talks about. But um now so it 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 the world is presenting that it's becoming the norm and it is the norm and it should be accepted and it should be acceptable. Amen. Well the the behavior is not acceptable according to God and we live by God's standards, but that doesn't mean that we dislike the people. You know, no. the people who are trying to figure it out and, and, and maybe caught up in the world system, they are going to have to figure it out. That, that that whole struggle is between them and God. The behavior we don't care for, we dislike, because it's contrary to what God would have us to do and is not Christ-like. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we dislike the people or that we wouldn't be there for the people to minister to them or to befriend them or whatever. So, um that that's a part of the world system too. All of the stuff that's going on that is causing people to do, um, you know, not what God is yeah, asking we, them to do, and not that standard. God has a standard that is so different from man's standard. Go ahead. Amen. Yeah, we're we're coming against we're coming against sin, and we're not coming against yes. uh, we're not coming against uh, uh, groups of people. You know, we, we you know we we want we're not going to get. You know, any sinner, whether they be a murderer or a, a liar or a drunkard, whatever they are, they're not going to get they're not going to get into the kingdom by us hating them or mistreating them or telling them how how unlawful they are. They're going to get they're going to be yeah. drawn by God's love. It's His love that draws yeah. through, through us, and it's His love through us that draws others. And so that's that's where that's what we need to do, and and these uh, these uh, things that we're supposed to put to death and put put out of our life, we're supposed to do that so we become more Christ-like, that God might be more greatly glorified in our lives, and and the, yes. that we might we might be that light that that 
that's that's beckoning to a darkened world to to accept uh-huh. Christ as their Lord and Savior. And, yeah. and so we want to we want to we want to we want to polish up our light, you know, so that we're our light is more illuminating. And in the only way it can be more illuminating if we're more if we're more uh, separated from the world and dedicated to God through through the lessons. Amen. Today. Amen. Amen. Very nicely said. Very nicely said. Well, we are almost out of time, and I just want to want to thank you uh, for your message today and it was definitely enlightening something to think about uh, as we as we go back to the title and the old uh, versus the new so we we're we're now making a transition from uh an old year year 2023 and we're going into a new year um 2024 uh but funny enough we're in the same season we're still in the season of winter and so we know that God has ordained how the world works, how time works, and all of these good things. But when we look at, when we look back and look forward, there should be some sort of goal. I don't want to say resolution, but some sort of goal. What are we going to do differently? How are we going to walk closer with the Lord? How are we going to reach people? How are we going to testify or witness, you know, those are those personal questions that we have to ask ourselves so that we can be sure that um, we're on track and not off track because we're not in this for us. We are in this for the kingdom. We are in this for the people who do not know the Lord, and we are in it because we are called by God to live for him and to glorify him. So with that, I just want to say uh, walking in victory is possible. I think you shared that and you unpacked it well. All we have to do is surrender our hearts, minds, bodies, souls, and spirits over to Jesus. It's time for Jesus to be on the throne of our hearts. I mentioned that earlier. Today and in the years to come, let's yield to him and purpose to do his will in word, thought, or deed. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. Why not start today? The 2nd of January. Why not start today? So with that, may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. And Happy New Year. Happy 2024. And Dr. Lay, thank you once again. You know I'm going to call on you to come back sooner than you believe. <laughs> so I appreciate your okay. availability and love your lessons. Just absolutely love your lessons in the way that you rightly divide the, the word. Do you want to say anything to our listening audience before we sign off? I think that, that you know, we we must resolve daily to be more Christ-like, not, not at the uh, – at the you know the change of the the year, we we want to be more Christ-like daily. So we want to our resolve yes. should be daily. That should be a daily resolve. That our that's our that's our daily resolution. Not 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 just our our 2024 resolution. It's our daily resolution yes. that we have. From we should if we haven't yes. been having that, we should have that from this point onward. That I'm gonna Amen. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be more Christ-like tomorrow than I was today. I'm going to be kinder Amen. today than I was yesterday. Amen. That should be Amen. Amen. 
Yes, excellent, excellent. Not a not an annual resolution, but a daily resolution. We should reach that Amen. resolve daily. Amen. Okay. All right. Well, with that, I will say God bless you, and thank you again. And we'll talk again in a couple of weeks. All right. God bless you. 